Welcome to the Ortho Eval Pal podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now, for your host, Paul Marquis. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 313 of the Ortho Eval Pal podcast. I'm your host, Paul Marquis, and today we're going to be talking about the five most common causes of foot drop. We'll be throwing down a little anatomy. We'll talk about some of the different causes and maybe even get into a little management. But before we get started today, I'd just like to take a moment to hear a word from our sponsors. You've all seen the name Chattanooga in rehab clinics. Chattanooga has been a staple for all your traditional clinical equipment needs, and they are now carrying modalities including high-powered laser, focus shockwave, and radial pressure wave devices. These modalities have the ability to transform your practice from both a clinical and revenue standpoint. Trust me, I have patients traveling over an hour to come have radial pressure wave treatment in our clinic. Click the link in the show notes to request a quote, schedule an in-person demo, or get more information on their new modalities. You can also visit their website at www.lightforcemedical.com. Welcome back, everyone. So today's show is going to be very short, sweet, and simple. Um, It's about thinking about multiple causes of foot drop when you see patients who come in and have this. And sometimes it's obvious, you know, they've had a stroke or something like that, and and that kind of comes with a package. But other times, people will start to develop a foot drop, and it may be difficult to try to figure out where it is coming from. So we want you to kind of think outside of the box a little bit when you see these patients present with a foot drop. So the first and most common cause of a foot drop is a peroneal nerve injury, usually you know over compression or some sort of a, a damage to the common peroneal nerve. This nerve wraps around the proximal fibular head. It's one of the two most superficial large peripheral nerves in the body. So the other one would be uh, the ulnar nerve in the cubital tunnel and a very exposed, very superficial, close to the skin, um, can be even damaged by overly icing that area. So I always caution people about putting too much ice there, maybe putting a layer on the skin before icing in that region. Uh, But I try to avoid that proximal um, fibular head just to uh, try to keep that nerve from getting too cold. So it is very susceptible to injury. Um, It divides into the superficial peroneal nerve, which controls the motor function for foot eversion, and the deep peroneal nerve, which uh, helps with ankle dorsiflexion and big toe extension. You can see this nerve get injured, you know, in like knee dislocations or knee, you know, injuries, fractures, proximal fibular head fractures. Um, We've seen this after knee replacement surgery. Uh, and, And if there's, you know, too much compression on that peroneal nerve, uh, such as having a cast on, um, that can be a problem. And then we have, on occasion, seen people who have developed um, some cysts around the uh, common peroneal nerve near the proximal fibular head. And so that can cause, that can be a source of compression. And so something to take into consideration. So if you're thinking that's where the source of it is, you know, give that uh, common perineal nerve a tap around that proximal fibular head and do a tenel sign to see if there is any uh, radiating discomfort or paresthesia that might uh, come along with that. And that could indicate a problem at that, um, that region. Our second most common cause of foot drop would be a lumbar radiculopathy or nerve root compression. Now, for me, I see a lot of lumbar spine injuries, uh, and so this would be my number one. Um, but uh, in general, if you look at you know the consensus of 
everybody out there. Uh, number one really falls in the hands of a, a you know perineal nerve injury. But I see a lot of lumbar radiculopathy. I see a lot of folks with nerve root compression. Uh, loss of dorsiflexion is extremely common with an L4 nerve root compression. Some people who have an L5 will also have some weakness in the dorsiflexion because that helps to control that extensor halysis longus, which assists with dorsiflexion. But uh, most commonly, an L4 nerve root compression. Now, if you're suspecting that that's what the problem is, you should correlate it with your, you know, neurologic screening, doing a straight leg raise test, a Braggard's test. Um, I would be checking reflexes, sensation, um, and and all of those things to try to confirm that it is a uh, lumbar radiculopathy. Number three, we could have a nerve and muscle disorder such as muscular dystrophy or peripheral neuropathy that can cause this. And if a patient comes in and they haven't really had a mechanism of injury or trauma to the common perineal nerve, maybe no radicular symptoms coming from the low back or hip, um, you need to start thinking in this direction. Um, so you might want to consider some upper motor neuron testing like the Hoffman's test, the Babinski sign, ankle clonus, um, the inverted supinator sign um, to see if maybe there is uh, something happening uh, upstairs, more proximal, and, and, and as a upper motor neuron type of problem. So be sure to check all those things out if you are suspicious that somebody has some sort of a a neurodegenerative uh, issue or neuromuscular issue. Um, And then number four would be stroke. That is uh, quite common in people who have a CVA. Uh, Some people actually have increased tone, but uh, many of them will have just a flaccid foot and have difficulty with uh, dorsiflexion of the foot. But usually this comes along with other symptoms, and by the time they get to us, um, medical providers, uh, those who do rehabilitation, um, it's been diagnosed at that point, and uh, we know what's uh, going on there. And then lastly, what I want to talk today uh, about is trauma, Um, you know, trauma to the lateral side of the knee, you know, getting getting struck with a helmet while you're playing football. Or maybe, uh, you know, we've, we've seen people who work in the woods up in northern Maine here, you know, and, and they get struck by a log or something like that. Um, and that can damage that common perineal nerve. Uh, I've actually seen people who have had casts that are too tight. And um, I actually had a patient who fell asleep in his truck. He was in the driver's side it was a late night. He parked the truck. Um, so he sat in the driver's seat and uh, put his legs over the console and put his feet on the passenger side and fell asleep there. Well, when he woke up, he had complete loss of dorsiflexion and uh, his knee was uh, leaning up against the console. The lateral side was compressed all night long uh, and damaged that um, common perineal nerve had foot drop and uh, never came back. So um, that is something to take into consideration. So ask if there has been some sort of history uh, of trauma or a, a hit or a kick or something like that to the lateral side of the knee that could be contributing to this. Now, if you're having difficulty figuring out where the foot drop is coming from, I mean, it could be anything from trauma to uh, an infection, a viral uh, issue. Um, so 
you you may want to get some or consider some neurodiagnostic uh, imaging or evaluation uh, with a neurologist or physiatrist, you know, an EMG, nerve conduction velocity test. And um, that way they can kind of pinpoint the source of compression or irritation or damage. And uh, that can make the treatment and, you know, identify and get a prognosis a little bit better. Um, obviously, foot drop, you know, can be quite disabling and really increase the risk of re-injury. My father-in-law is a classic example. He had a um, misdiagnosed uh, lumbar spine issue, and uh, they were not able to decompress the L4 nerve root and uh, or, or missed a few pieces. A couple weeks later, ended up going back in for surgery to have uh, more of the fragments uh, taken out. He ended up with a permanent foot drop. This is about 20, 25 years ago. And since then, um, has tripped several times, has broken some ribs, injured his shoulders, um, and uh, has really re-injured himself several times because of this. Uh, and so with that being said, you know, we want to try to keep people as safe as possible. Now, if I see somebody who comes in and they have this acute foot drop, I know some people are are somewhat cautious about putting an AFO on patients because they think that the patient is going to become weak. Um, I think if it increases their safety and it improves their mobility and they're walking more and it keeps them more cardiovascularly fit, um, I might try an off-the-shelf AFO just to see how they do. If it seems like it's going to be a long-term problem, then I might talk about you know getting a custom you know dorsiflexion assist type of brace um, that is better fitting so there's no compression points and if they're diabetic they have a decreased risk of uh, you know lesions and ulcers and those types of things you know and and you can try simple braces you know like the dictus brace uh, all the way to an elaborate uh, custom-made dorsiflexion assist type of brace that can be uh, you know quite expensive so I usually like to try the less expensive stuff first it doesn't take a lot to assist that dorsiflexion and really make a difference with somebody Um, but if they have some lateral ankle instability along with the lack of dorsiflexion, then I might uh, throw them in something a little more supportive that gives them medial and lateral support. I might also try some functional electrical stimulation to the dorsiflexors of the ankle, see if we can fire them up. If we can, that is awesome because that means these folks will do well with something like a Bioness, um, you know, system or WalkAid or, uh, you know, the FES foot drop solutions. Any of those products can uh, really help. And basically, there's a pad that goes around the anterior tibialis and really helps to dorsiflex that foot when the heel comes up off the ground in the terminal, you know, stance phase of gait, and they're just going into the uh, early swing phase of gait. It'll help to dorsiflex that foot, and you can change the timing on these things, and they're really good for those folks who are are super functional and like to exercise a lot, and maybe they're hikers and bikers and things like that, and so they can find some benefit from that. It doesn't always work with everybody. Um, you know, if you have complete denervation uh, of the uh, peripheral nerves that are helping to dorsiflex the foot and ankle, you may need to jump into a DC current type of device um, to help uh, try to stimulate that act, that dorsiflexion. So uh, something to take into consideration. Now, I do have a couple of videos. I do have the video of the gentleman with the common perineal nerve palsy and, and complete foot drop. You need to take a look at this one. It's pretty impressive for somebody who just fell asleep in a funny position. Um, and then I also will add to this 
a young man who had uh, severely traumatized his knee when he was squatting about a thousand pounds on a leg press machine and his leg completely um, failed and his knee it just blew out and he destroyed it and ended up with um, some extensor halysis longus weakness and uh, I do a little comparison between him and another patient who had um you know, an L5 nerve root compression problem, but I believe he might have some dorsiflexion weakness uh, in there too. So an interesting one to look at. And then I'll even throw in a video of a patient with a an L4 nerve root compression so you can kind of see a quick evaluation and um, see what that looks like. So that is what we have for today's show. Uh, remember, if you have any questions you'd like me to address on the show, send them to me. My contact link is in the show notes. We are getting really close to hitting 100,000 subscribers on our YouTube channel. Feel free to subscribe to help us reach our goal and tell your friends about us. Thank you so much again for listening. Have a great day. Be kind to each other and take care. We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com. Can't wait to see you there.